Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. All right, a couple fun things just to start before we get too serious today. Rob and I got into a big fight the other day about laundry. Yeah, I finally threw in the towel. <laughs> you know, budget's been a little tight recently, and uh, I've been trying to lose a little weight, so uh, I, you know, I decided I'd eat a kid's Happy Meal at McDonald's until his mom got really mad. <laughs> All right. Um, we're, we're going to do something today called a prayer tunnel. Before we do that, I'd like you to stand to your feet and honor God's word. I'd like to, like to read where this comes from in the scriptures. Y'all all right with that? Good. James chapter 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? <laughs> what a great way to start. Anybody in trouble? Um... If you're living in America today and you're not in a little bit of trouble, can you turn it down just a little bit? If you're not in trouble, then you're not paying attention. <laughs> Anybody in trouble? Uh, did you see what's happened to our economy this past year? Have you watched what's going on in the culture we live in? Is anybody in trouble? What should you do? Let them what? Complain on Facebook. Right? Let them complain. If any one of you is in trouble, let them complain on social media, right? Make a TikTok about how bad things are, right? No? You should do what? Pray. Pray. So if you've got a complaint, why would you go to complaint department at your local Home Depot around the corner, back in the back edge for a complaint about how the whole company's being run? Why would you talk to the cashier about it? I mean, I, I don't mind, you know, they do empower people at Home Depot, but if you've got the number to the owner of Home Depot in your phone, why would you talk to the cashier about a systemic problem? Huh? Right? You have the phone number of the God of the universe who made everything by the word of his power. You have it at your disposal. So if any of you is in trouble, what should they do? Pray. If anyone happy, let them sing. Sing these songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. We like to stop there, but notice this. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, it will be what? You know, sin and sickness sometimes go hand in hand. Not every time. Not every time. Sometimes you live in a fallen world. People get cancer because cancer is available. People get flu because it's going around. But sometimes, sometimes people get cancer because they inhale junk into their lungs for their entire life. Are, are we awake this morning? Y'all with me? All right, good. I'm just saying, sometimes people have diabetes because of the way they eat. Sometimes people have anxiety because they refuse to take control of their lives. Sometimes, anyway. All right. <clears throat> Therefore, you should do what? Confess your sins to each other. By the way, homologos, to speak the same thing as. When you confess your sin, you are saying the same thing as God. 
The problem I have with how we handle sins is we make excuses for them rather than talk about them the way God talks about them. Do you know God talks about sin in a certain way? He says that certain things are right and certain things are wrong. Everybody sins, but the difference between those who are forgiven and those who aren't, those who are forgiven are the ones that say, God, your view of my sin is correct, not my view of it. What do you do? You confess your sins to each other. There's an each other, oh my. And you do what? You pray for each other so that you may be healed. And then the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Jesus, I pray that today you would speak through your word and speak to us and our hearts would be open. Amen. Amen. Would you turn and say hi to somebody today? Give them a big smile. Tell them you're glad to see them. Good to see you in the house of the Lord today. And then you can be seated. It's good to see you if you're watching online. So I was 16 years old. It was Arkansas Senior High Camp. Uh, summer youth camp at church camp. And um, a couple of months before, earlier in the year, I had been riding my bicycle um, down our chip and tar road. Y'all know what chip and tar is? Where they throw tar down, then they throw gravel on top of it. Well, they never really paved the roads in Arkoma. They just chip and tarred them. Well, it was a fresh chip and tar job. I'm riding my bike really, really fast because I'm in a hurry to get somewhere. Whatever happened, I wound up crashing. When I crashed, I landed on my elbow and my knee, and when I got up, my knee was Swiss, Swiss cheese. Um, so I'm a Swiss cheese knee. Uh, I, I sort of limped my way home, walked through the door. Mom looks at me, almost faints, throw me in the car. We go to the hospital. They do surgery on me. Um, I don't know all that they did, but I know that it was a dirty wound. They had to clean it up into a, a clean wound. I know that the impact caused damage on the inside of it, and I know they did some stuff. But let me just tell you, it was a mess, and I was a mess, and blood was everywhere, and skin chunks had been cut off, and they sewed up. took 70 stitches to heal that, and, or to, and it goes from here to here, my cut does. They made a clean wound out of it, which means it was about that big. So anyway, all that say, after that event, I wound up with knee problems. I've never had knee problems before, and I wound up with knee problems, and I was walking through my parents. We were walking somewhere, and I took a step, and my knee went out, and I fell on the ground. Well, just a couple weeks after that, we're at church camp, and I'm running to what's called a horn blow. You don't know what those are, but back in the day, you, they'd honk a horn in the parking lot, and all the kids of camp would run and get in their teams, and whoever got there first got all the points. So I'm running to get there, and when I'm running, my, I go to stop, and of course what happened is my knee goes out. I don't know what happens. I buckle. I wind up on the ground, and it's hurting. So um, I get up some... I was a 16-year-old boy. I was helped up by some females. Yeah. One of them I just happened to think was cute. And of course, she offered to walk me to the nurse's station. Y'all following all this? Yeah. So I walked to the nurse's station, leaning on her and limping. Of course, you know, the pain has since ceased, but the attention is still there. Now, I had a problem when I was a kid, and I'm revealing to you one of the problems I had. I, I would manipulate circumstances to get attention out of people. Nobody's ever done that in the history of the world. 
But anyway, um, so I, I was ready to function as normal, but I was still getting attention. So I got crutches and I was on crutches. And of course, she went to, to lunch with me or dinner with me that night and got my tray for me and sat with me. And, you know, I'm you know, and then at service that night, I'm there, I still have my crutches, and, and during worship, God starts talking to me that, Kevin, you're faking. You're manipulating somebody to get attention, and that is wrong. Oh, come on. Did, is anybody awake in this room? Yeah. Kevin, you're manipulating a situation to cause somebody to pay attention to you out of a false pretense, and that's wrong. That is sin. And I'm in the middle of worship, and God's talking to me. I'm, all right, guys, I'm not even saved yet. This uh, weird. But God's talking to me, and I'm like, I don't want to be this person. Are y'all following? I don't want to be this person that manipulates people so I can get attention. I'd rather get attention because I'm valuable, not because I'm using them. Or manipulating. I'm not going to play games to get attention. And as I'm standing there in worship, they're singing these songs, and I'm standing there on these crutches, knowing I don't need them, knowing I'm doing it for the wrong reason. And the Holy Spirit's talking to me. I said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to fake anymore. I grabbed my crutches and I walked over to the nurse to hand them back to the nurse. Well, the guy just happened to be on the platform and saw me, the leader of the camp, just saw me walking over carrying my crutches. Hallelujah! God just healed that young man right now. Bring those crutches up here, young man. What am I going to do? Am I going to say to everybody in the room, no, I'm faking, it's all right? So what do I do? I take my crutches up front and I hand it to him. Sort of sheepishly. <laughs> but I handed it to him nonetheless. And he declared me healed. And I went back to my seat healed from the sin that had been destroying me for years because it didn't allow me to be loved for the real me because I was putting on a front of who I was. Are, are y'all here? So you know what I did? I walked back to my seat. <clears throat> and not once in the last 40 years has this knee gone out. God healed multiple things that day. When you confess your sin, when you step into that, I was healed of that. I was also healed of a knee. Didn't know I was healed of a knee. I thought I was being healed of something else. When we approach God with faith to pray these crazy prayers, sometimes God heals what we don't ask him for while he's healing what we do ask him for. Mark Battison tells the story of laying in the hospital and asking for God to heal his, um, um, oh, come on, his inhaler. What, what did he have? Um, asthma. So bad he was hospitalized a half dozen times. He's in the hospital. Somebody prays for him. And his warts, planter's warts on the bottom of his feet disappeared. But his asthma remained. And he's like, God, I don't understand this. If y'all know who Mark Batterson is, great, great preacher, great man. 
God healed the warts, but left the asthma. And later on, he's saying, God, I don't understand. You have the power to do one, and you did this, but you didn't do this other one. And he said, I just wanted you to know I can. So in a couple of minutes, we're going to act on this passage. Did you notice there was a lot of one and others in that passage? Because prayer is not just, this kingdom thing is not just about you, it's about us. We are the body of Christ, and cells interact with cells, and if cells don't interact with cells, they fall off dead. You are a part of this body, whether you feel like you are or not, you are a part, and you are invited into this one another with us. When we pray in a couple of minutes, it's one another. It may not be you that gets prayed for, but maybe God's dealing with your heart to pray for somebody, and you're going to stand where you are and pray for somebody like your life depended on it because your life might depend on it because we're connected. All right, I wanted to read one scripture. I got, I got just a couple of minutes here. I want to read a scripture, and I want to talk for a second about this is to build your faith, all right? It's in Acts chapter 3. If you've got a Bible, open with me real quick. Acts chapter 3, we're going to go super-duper quick through this. I got four points, and I believe I can do them in about eight minutes. Y'all ready? Here we go. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. So the first thing we know about Peter and John, they were at the right place at the right time. And one thing I know about you, if you want to see a miracle in your life, you got to be at the right place at the right time, and today is the right place and the right time. Amen. Amen. No doubt. I've been up all night. We've been fasting and praying. This week has been a long week of prayer. Uh, yeah, because I believe God wants to do something in your life tonight. So you're in the right place at the right time. All right, so now a man was lame from birth. This, how long had this guy been sick? From birth. He'd been lame from birth. And he was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg. And from those going into the temple courts, when Peter and John, uh, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Hold on. How many times do you think Peter and John had been to the temple? They've been there a lot, haven't they? They've been there a lot. They were Jews. They, we know that several times to Jesus they had been there. They had been there in their childhood. They, good Jewish people would make the journey, go to the temple. They had been there a lot. And they had seen this guy a lot. But today they saw him. They'd seen this guy a lot, but today they saw him. Pay attention to the Holy Spirit's promptings. Today's not a normal day. God's going to work in this place today with miracles. I have no doubt in my mind. Today is not a normal day. Pay attention to the Spirit's prompting. God wants to work in you, and he wants to work in others in this place. And I believe today he's going to do it. So when Peter and John were about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And he said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then <laughs> expecting to get something from them. What did he expect? Money, right? So Peter said... Silver and gold I don't have. And the guy's like, aw. Silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have. God's been dealing with me this week about using what you do have rather than not, or rather than complaining about what you don't have. Use what you do have. Do you know what I have? Do you know what I have? I have a relationship with the resurrected Jesus. 
I have a strong, passionate love for resurrected Jesus. Now, do I have everything all worked out in my life? No, but that's what I do have. What do you have? Quit looking at what you don't have and start focusing on what you do have and build on what you do have. So they said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, in the name of Jesus. So we all got the name of Jesus too. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth walk. So taking him by the right hand. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We got to go now to the third thing that happened here. There's a guy on the ground that's been lame since the day he was born. And Peter says, silver and gold I don't have, but I do have the name of Jesus. Walk. And he reaches out his hand and grabs this dude and expects him to get up. That's a little presumptuous, isn't it? But you know what that's called? That's called acting on your faith. But not only did Peter act on faith, because it wasn't just Peter that acted on his faith. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise and rock. And he reached down and he took his hand. How did he get the guy's hand? What did the guy down here do? Come on, what did he do? He reached up his hand. Listen, listen. It is a dual action, what we're going to do in a couple moments. We've got leaders in this church that have been praying by faith for God to work miracles. But at some point, it's not our faith that does it. It's your faith to reach out and to take from God what he's already offering to you. What I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly... Notice when they made that connection, faith meeting faith, instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong, and he jumped to his feet. Who jumped to his feet? He did. And he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man that used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement all that happened to him. And while the man held on to Peter and John, so I was reading this in the Greek, and man, this really jumped out at me. The guy is like clinging to him. He won't let go of Peter and John. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. He's clinging to them. They're running, all the people were running astonished and came to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, last thing you need to know, it's never about the glory of the person God uses to heal. It's all about the glory of Jesus. He said, why do you stare at us as if by, your own, by our own power or godliness we've made this man walk? We didn't do it the 500 times we passed him before. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned. Come on, everybody in this room, you've done this too. You disowned the holy and righteous one. And you wanted to murder to be let go. That's you. You wanted to not go to hell. You wanted to not suffer. You wanted... You disown God, and you don't want the punishment. But I want you to notice this. You killed the author of life. But God. But God. But God raised him from the dead, because God's bigger than all your faults and all your failures and all your stupid. He's bigger than all your mistakes. He's bigger than all your sins. He's bigger than all your rebellion. But God. But God raised him from the dead. By the way, this is our message. Jesus Christ is alive. He is resurrected from the dead. And we 
are witnesses of this. Why were Peter and John able to speak to the people who killed Jesus and call them murderers and point them in the face and tell them, you killed Jesus? Why? Because they had no fear of death because they saw Jesus alive. And they said, we saw him alive. You can't take that away from us. You can't win. Wow. You know, Jesus is Lord, whether we like it or not. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. I just choose to beat the rush. I hate going last minute to get anything, right? Let's be people who beat the rush. Let's declare Jesus is Lord. All right, let's, in just a second, what we're going to do is we're going to have our deacons and some pastors and ministers that are a part of our church and our pastoral staff line up. They're going to line up in a tunnel and you're going to form a row. You're going to come down this aisle here, and you're going to walk through, and we're going to anoint with oil and pray for you. You don't even have to say what you're there for. I mean, if you're in a place that you really need to talk to somebody, just grab somebody out of the line. We got spaces set aside for you to be able to talk and pray privately if you really need that. If you, if you have sinned, come on, you ready for this? and you need to be healed or cleansed from your sins, you know, you know what's going to happen? When you get up to get in this line, you're reaching the hand that's going to lift you out of your sin. If you need to be healed, I believe Jesus can heal you today. If, you need, if you're in trouble and you need a way out, I believe God is going to provide a way out today. Not tomorrow, not next week. He's going to do the miracle starting right now, starting right now today. And some of you, you may come forward for one thing and God's going to give you something else you needed. I don't know. All I know is that years ago, there was a guy named Dave McNeely. He's a buddy of mine. He started here at this church. He's now pastoring a church. And uh, the church is just going crazy. I mean, people are getting saved and baptized and great things are happening. Well, part of the reason is we were up at the chapel. He had just started attending Harvest Ridge just about six months before. And we're up in the chapel and we did one of these prayer lines like this. He was waiting to go through the prayer line. And as he... By the way, you need to know that he did a job. His job he was working with was with pools at that time. And he had fallen in a pool and broken his back. And then he developed nerve damage from it so that he lost feeling in his left leg. Nerve damage, by the way, of that nature never is restored. He lost his... The, the only thing he could feel was a little tingle sometime of burning pain in the bottom of his feet. This one completely, this and it was going away more. He'd been through three back, back surgeries and it just got worse and worse and worse. And he was waiting in line. And he said, you ever see those like candle things that they dip into oil, the hot candle? He said it was like God reached down, grabbed him by the shoulders and dipped him into hot oil. And he felt a tingling from his toes start up and go all the way up his back. And by the time the tingling stopped, he was well. Now, I played golf with him this year, and I will tell you that I wish God wouldn't have healed him so good. Because he always beats me, because his back is so nimble now. And I'm like, how do you do this? And he said, thank you, God. What I'm telling you is, is that we serve a miracle-working God, and the God we serve is able to hear the prayer of righteous people. We're not righteous because we're righteous. You're not righteous because you're righteous. You're righteous because Jesus 
has made you righteous. And I believe today God wants to do some miracles in this house. So you know what we're going to do? We're just going to ask those praying to come forward, those that are supposed to be here. Come on up, guys. Our tunnel's going to come up as they're getting in place. Um, I, I'm just going to lead us through a time of short prayer and our hearts to be open right now. Can we do that? Let's just right now open up our hearts. Father God, we sing it's all about you. It's for your glory. To you are all things. From you are all things. You deserve the glory. It's, it's all for your glory, God. Our lives are yours. Our hearts are yours. There's some brokenness that's going on. There are people who are sick in this room that I believe when they walk through this line, they're going to get well. I believe there are people that they are in trouble. When they walk through this line, God, the answer is going to come to them. They're going to know how to act to fix it. I believe there are people in this room that they have financial needs or physical needs or spiritual needs or emotional needs. There are people in this room, they're bound by sin. And when they walk through this line, there is going to be healing of, of the sin sin and you're going to manifest yourself to them in a new power and a new glory. God, we're not here this morning to put some show on or else we'd pull the TV cameras up and make them say baby. That's not what we're here for. What we're here for is that God Almighty would manifest your glory in each person and give us what we need and that our hearts would be strengthened and we would be devoted to you and when we finish this line, we walk straighter, we walk stronger, we more devoted to you than we ever before. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. With your heads bowed, everybody in the room, i got to ask this question. If you're in this room today and Jesus is not your Lord, today is the day he's calling you to make him your Lord. For you to say, Jesus, be my Lord. Come on, it's your day. And if that's you right now, you want to confess Jesus as your Lord in this space, in this place. That's you. Lift your hand real high. We just want to pray with you right now. Yes, yes. There are others. It's your day. Jesus, be my Lord. Yes. God sees. God hears. God answers. When you walk through this line, we believe Jesus is going to establish his lordship over you like never before. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you want to stand, you stand with us. You want to sit, sit while people are walking through. If you want to pray for them, pray for them. This is going to be the aisle where you line up. Hey, I believe that God wants...